Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. What's up, beautiful soul? I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in. I have another special episode for you today that is part of a little bonus series I decided to record for you to celebrate the upcoming launch, the official opening of the Decolonized Coach course, which is coming this April 2023. Doors are going to officially open at the end of the roundtable, which is coming back. This is my signature masterclass. It's coming back as a two-day workshop at the end of March, March 27th and March 28th. And so if you've already purchased the Roundtable Masterclass back when I ran it in October and it was such a such a huge hit, um, or sometime in between October and now if you've purchased it or even if you purchased it today, if you're like, yes, I wanna dive in, I wanna dive in right away, I can't wait until April, I can't wait until end of March. Well, anyone who's purchased it is going to get access to this new ra- live round, which is happening March 27th, March 28th, will also be recorded. Why am I redoing it live again? First, I love being in the live energy. I know you love being in live energy. I've got a lot of feedback around that. But second, there are some things I want to tweak. There's some more things I want to add and kind of update, make it even more um, digestible for you, less overwhelming for you. And we're going to have panelists again. This time we're going to hear from um, even more people, different people. So you'll get still the panelists Q and A session from the original round, and you'll get to hear from brand new guest experts that I'm bringing in for this round as well. So it's very very exciting. There's just a lot to celebrate, um, and so in celebration of those things kicking off, I wanted to make these episodes for you that are super value packed, um, kind of bite sized. We go deep on one topic, and so let's dive in with today's uh, special topic for you. Okay, beautiful souls. Today's juicy topic is what I look for now, at what I would look for as an Indigenous woman in a mentor, leader, coach, specifically a mentor, leader, coach who is not also Indigenous or not also a member of the global majority. Um, so a white woman, most likely, right? Or a white man, if I was considering taking like a business program or joining a mastermind or something like that. These are things that I would look for if I were to work with white leaders and mentors again. And this is really, this is a juicy episode. Like I am spilling all the tea exactly. I'm going to tell you as if I were talking to a friend unfiltered, like exactly what I look for. And this is going to help you in your business because what I look for as an indigenous woman is what a lot of 
other indigenous people and people of the global majority are looking for as well. So you're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to take deep breaths. You're going to want to drop your defensiveness. I'm pretty much just letting you be like a fly on the wall, like hand over heart. This is exactly what I, these are the conversations I have behind the scenes with my friends. And many of them are white friends, white women, right? Like uncandid or candidly unfiltered, this is, these are the things I look for now. And just for a little bit of background, this comes after working with mostly white women, a few white men um, for the last three plus years that I've been a coach and I've been in the industry taking courses and masterminds and business programs and all (laughs) working with all kinds of healers and different modalities um, and taking certifications, all the things, right, that I'm sure you also have taken. And you've probably also, if you do a check right now in your head, you're probably like, oh, wow, pretty much everyone I've learned from has also been a white woman or a white person. Um, And so, yeah, just to give you the background on that, like I've learned, I've worked with a lot of um, white women and men. I've learned a lot of great tools and skills and I don't know, tips and tricks, I guess. And I met some amazing people and amazing friends and collaborators. And I have seen where we need to do better. Um, And I will say that I probably had an easier time than a black or brown person might have because I have this mixed settler ancestry. I'm half white, I'm white passing. So it was very easy for me to just I mean, easy, but not easy for me to assimilate and just lean into my whiteness. Um, But there was a point, there came a point where that caught up with me, right? And so when that caught up with me and I realized, oh my gosh, I've been neglecting this whole huge part of my being, which is my indigeneity and all the ancestral healing that wants to be done through me and all the decolonization of the self that needs to be done and just like this it was this whole identity crisis basically where i had my awakening just i don't know over a year ago maybe a year and a half ago and when i brought it into my current personal development spaces that i was in suddenly like i saw every blind spot ever i saw all the gaps i saw all the ways that these programs fall short for addressing things like oppressive influences and ancestral trauma and the pain that is created by racism and the effect it has on your self-worth the effect it has on your ability to manifest because of course it does of course it does but we are so taught it's so normalized in these spaces to kind of bypass it just act like white is the default for humans you know it's the gold standard of being humans um not to pay attention to 3D problems and issues because we're all limitless souls and limitless potential very much in this world of spirituality manifestation that bypassing happens and the gaslighting happens, right? So you, I as an indigenous person start to question like, you know, is it real? Is it really in my head? Is it that big of a deal? Should it affect me this much? But what I found was letting myself acknowledge that. And then I found an indigenous mentor and healer to work with And it just changed everything, which is why I'm so passionate about the work I do now. And not only do I work directly with other folks in the global majority to give them that healing space that I gave myself, um, which really transformed the way that I'm able to manifest. I feel like I get it now. I finally get it now. I've always seen my white colleagues and teachers and leaders talking about like, 
quantum leaps and fast, super fast growth. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've, you know, manifested some really cool things. And I've also like hustled really hard for them. But I get the the flow state now, the rapid magnetism is actually happening for me now because of not bypassing, because of acknowledging all of the ancestral pain, the racial trauma, the the oppression, like acknowledging it is not um, the horrible, scary, low vibe, bad thing that we're taught it is. And it was just everything. And so, yeah, went on this whole personal decolonization journey, realized the importance of bringing it to personal development work because there is no personal development without decolonization and decolonization work is personal development work whether you're in the global majority or you are a person with settler privilege and ancestry it is personal development work for all of us it requires us to face so many shadows face our internal colonizer face our blind spots face our implicit biases right all of this stuff and yeah, then it was like, wow, my eyes just opened to how most people, if they've never had to deal with, you know, if they've never had the lived experience of being marginalized, of being from a community where there's not even clean drinking water or, um, you know, where the wage gap is real and discrimination is real and unsafety is real and there's just diff there's your nervous system is different um you've you've had to be in survival mode in a lot more ways there's less doors open for you there's less seats at the table all of these things and um yeah i noticed a lot of people who don't have that lived experience aren't really sure how to make space for that make space for those conversations and welcome and support clients who do experience those things every single day so these are the things that would tell me if I were hypothetically to look for, let's say a white female, like let's say I'm considering hiring a business coach and you happen to be, you know, white settler, settler ancestry. And this is hypothetical because I am kind of actively going out of my way to hire global majority for my coaches, for um, soon going to hire a photographer and a branding expert who are in the global majority. Um, it's just part of my company values It's part of my personal values and mission to kind of take, you know, take the wealth that's in this industry and redistribute it and uplift my fellow um, women and femme who are in the global majority and my fellow indigenous women and femme. So that's just one of my values. But if I were, let's say I was like, oh, I, but I love I love the way this person teaches business. I love the way they talk about manifestation. It just clicks with me. But I'm wondering if they can hold space for me in their programs as an Indigenous woman. I'm wondering if I'm going to actually feel supported and get the transformation of my white colleagues when I'm in this space. So let's say that's what I was questioning. These are the things I would look for. Here we go. Okay, number one, are you acknowledging your privilege and are you doing so on a regular basis? Or... Are you just sharing your success story and saying things like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And here's exactly what I did to achieve success. And, you know, these are <laughs> these are all my clients, but then they're also all white women who've achieved XYZ results. Are you acknowledging how privilege might have played a role in that? Are you acknowledging different levels of privilege too, like socioeconomic things? Did you, because a lot of 
people have this story of like walking away from the comfortable job and leaving their nine to five job to go all in on their business without mentioning that that comfortable job paid you, you know, like 30, 40% more than that same job would have paid a black, brown or indigenous woman, right? So that cushy job allowed you to have all this, you know, this comfortable savings account for you to go off and find yourself or do your eat, pray, love moment or whatever it was that you had the privilege of that. You had the financial cushioning for that or that your nervous system is built differently because you don't have all the physical fear of your safety every single day because you don't feel even protected by the police or at your workplace or by the justice system or when you need to visit a hospital like these things do of course they affect our personal growth they affect our ability to manifest they affect everything and our nervous systems are wired differently so for different people taking big quote-unquote leaps of faith right? It's it's not actually, that may have worked really well in your favor because you had the nervous system and the privilege to be able to handle it, but it might not work the same for everyone. And for some of us, that actually puts us into extreme fight or flight, and it makes it even harder for us to gain traction in our business or in our success. So just acknowledging that or, um, yeah, speaking to your privilege on a regular basis would tell me, okay, at least you're aware that there are inequities. And maybe hopefully if you're acknowledging them, that means you're also working towards, you know, like rebalancing the scales and making a world, at least within the personal development world, where it is equitable for all and that you acknowledge, we're not currently all equal, but we're, that's what we're dismantling and we're working towards a reality where we are. Okay, so that's the first thing. And if you want to, if you're like, I don't know how to say that though, like, I don't know how to, I'm really scared to speak those words. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want it to come across in any weird way. That's something we're going to cover inside the Decolonized Coach course is how to, how to craft your own or birth your own privilege statement. And you can practice, start practicing using it, like saying it on a regular basis, saying it when you present, saying it when you run your masterclasses, working it into your posts so that you are addressing the inequities because we cannot solve a problem that we aren't willing to face and look at. So facing it, the people who are holding the privilege, actually acknowledging that is just the first step, but it's an important step and it's something I look for. If that's if it's nowhere on your page that you're just sharing all these wins and all these successes and your amazing, fantastic lifestyle, which is wonderful, but if you're not at all acknowledging privilege and um, yeah, that you've had that, you know, and I know people get very upset about the word privilege because like, no, I didn't have... I came from no money. I didn't have like a silver spoon in my mouth when I was born. But like, that's not what privilege means, right? It means your ethnicity and and your race has never been a factor in your success, in your ability to manifest. It's the colonized country that you live in was literally built for your comfort. Everything is built so that it can be the most easy and comfortable for you. And of course, life's hard. Everyone's life is hard. Um, this is not to deny that. And of course, talk about your challenges that you've overcome and the struggles. But privilege is really what I like to say is like settler benefit, because if you have the benefit of being a settler here, this, you know, this land, this place, this country was literally built for your comfort 
and your survival and your safety and your protection and is not built that way for indigenous people and people of the global majority even though indigenous people were here first and had everything uprooted and stolen from them right so <clears throat> getting comfortable talking about those things even though you're not um, an anti-racist expert or you're maybe you're like I didn't sign up for social change I didn't sign up to be an anti-racist business well if you want to attract people of the global majority you don't need to be an anti-racist business you no one expects you to be the expert but you do need to do this work and you need to talk about this stuff these are things we look for okay so first is acknowledging your privilege second is are you using language that spiritually bypasses or gaslights us. So, aka phrases like the only limit is oh, the only limit a woman has is the one in her mind. I literally saw this word for word. This is from a you know, a white abundance business coach that I follow. She had a picture of herself um and and this quote, actually no no picture of herself, sorry, but this quote on it. Um and I was, I commented on it actually, and she responded really well um, and really gracefully. But I was like, I would like to respectfully offer the perspective that, you know, saying the only limit a woman has is the one in her mind is, is really harmful and gaslighting for people of the global majority who have very real systemic limits um, and issues that are not in our heads, right? It's not in our heads. And that's kind of what it makes it sound like when you say that. Um, and she was like, and I was like, before everyone hates on me, like, this is where I'm coming from, da, da, da. And she responded really gracefully and was like, uh, you know, based on your comments, I'm assuming you've had hate before for speaking up. So like, thank you so much for your bravery and thank you for sharing this perspective. And yeah, she was really kind in her response. And I think she took the whole post down because I wanted to go back to it and show my friend. I was telling her, oh, like the way this person responded was really good. And I was trying to pull up the post to show her and it was gone. So I don't know. I don't know if she just thought about it and thought, okay, yeah, maybe this is harmful. But we see it's not unique to that person. And we see this, we see stuff like this all the time. This is what we're all taught in this industry is like, the only limit's the one in your mind. We're all the same. We all have infinite potential. We're all one. We're all limitless souls. And while that is true, like, of course, anything's possible for anybody. Absolutely. But though, what those phrases do, like the one I just said, the one I just, the example I just gave, is it does. It gaslights us um, and makes us feel like shame and blame when we cannot make your programs work for us the same way that a white person could, right? When we cannot take law of attraction or manifestation and and make it work as quickly or as magically for us because there are real limits. There are real 3D limits. There are real inequities. Not to mention there is real damage that's been done to our sense of worthiness. And I know that this is not the most empowering thing for people of the global majority to hear, but I also hope that it's validating. And because for me, like acknowledging that, and I didn't want to, my ego did not want to admit that when I first, it actually happened through a psychic reading and, and spirit said to me, you know, the key, I was like, what's the key to my next level financially? Like, why have I not broken through yet to this next level? I've been at my business for so long. It feels like I do all this work on myself. And spirit said, there's still some more work to do around your self-worth. And it's related to your like indigenous ancestry 
And I was like, what? Come on. I know that I'm worthy. Like I do affirmations all the time. I've done all the mindset programs. I've done all the work. Like, of course I know I'm worthy. It's just not showing up for me. And, and I was like, what do you mean? It's related to my indigenous side. Like, I don't even feel like racism has affected me that much. And again, it's probably from being in this whole world that's been gaslighting me for the past three years and really 10 years because I've been in no 20 years because I've been into personal development legit since I was 10 um but in this world we hear all the time like no like those things don't matter we're all limitless don't look at them don't go there and I was like I don't even feel indigenous indigenous enough because I'm mixed Um, to have to heal those things. And then spirit was like, well, that's part of it too, is not feeling indigenous enough. And so once I looked at that and I allowed myself to heal through that and move through that massive identity crumble and shift and yeah, healing, which took months and it will take the rest of my life, right? It's a lifetime journey, but really there was a couple, like a few months of just heaviness and grief and sitting with ancestors and spirit and coming to terms with like how the grief for how long I've kind of ignored that one part of my identity, which is so common for your clients who are mixed ancestry or who are assimilated, which is, or doing their best to assimilate or have internal colonization, which is everyone, everyone, because we've been forced to survive the colonial system. And um, the closer to whiteness, the better, the safer you are, the more accepted you are, right? That's just how the systems are set up. So um, but I had been gaslighting myself because, and I had also been preaching and teaching those types of statements, right? That the only limits in our mind and we can do anything. And again, yes, that is true, but we don't get there without acknowledging. We don't get there without acknowledging the very real pain that is there first. We have to move through the grief first. And you know this as coaches, you know, the importance of shadow work. So why is it that you are not, A, willing to do your own shadow work when it comes to looking at your biases, looking at your privilege, um, looking at the things you need to unlearn? Like that's personal development work is decolonization as a both global majority and as a white person. And B, why are you not learning how to hold space to hold your clients to the global majority through those things as well? And this goes for, you know, no matter what type of coach you are, this is important. So are you using language that bypasses us or that acknowledges very real pain and systemic influences and oppressive influences? Number three, are you ignorantly using other cultures or appropriating without giving credit or holding the reverence for or giving back to or being properly educated on, you know, the the people from whom you're taking this culture? So for example, are you saying things like, come do this workshop with me and learn how to heal your chakras. And that's not even how you pronounce the word chakra. It's chakra, like it's a hard ch, but we we Englishized it and we thought it sounded prettier and softer to say chakra. And it just got so normalized. And my Indian friend Hannah told me, no, it's chakra. It's a very harsh, um, you know, ch sound. And So like if you're going to teach on chakras, at least bare minimum, do your work to learn how they're properly pronounced. Learn the whole origins of it, how the whole entire um, system works, which is much bigger than what most of us know about just the, you know, the few chakras that are usually worked with. 
not to say that you can't or you can't embrace it, but like do your work and understand the reverence, respect what, you know, ancient and and um, sacred traditions you're taking from. Are you posting pictures with a sage bundle and some smoke medicine to make yourself look more spiritual? Um, because that using someone else's culture for your own gain or profit that's the definition of appropriation and if you're doing that you're probably not a coach that I want to work with um it's just a it's just kind of a red flag for me um because it shows that that you know that work hasn't been done there to give it the respect and reverence it deserves um and so yeah are you are you appropriating or are you appreciating and there's more on that in some of my posts on Instagram um, and on the podcast with Lauren and Liz Love. There's, so I'm not going to go too much deeper into that one. The next one is, what do you stand for? What are your values? Do you even care that the world and the coaching world is currently not equitable? Or are you one of those coaches who says, well, social justice and anti-racism is not one of my business values. It's not nothing to do with my niche. So I don't need to talk about it. And I have literally been in a, I'll just tell you a quick story. I was in a mastermind in 2020 when George, you know, George Floyd's murder kind of sparked the, um, I don't want to say it sparked Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter was actually founded much, much earlier, like the foundation Black Lives Matter. But people, of course, started talking more. It sparked this international conversation around racism and black lives and I was in a mastermind at the time with this like seven-figure mentor I just wanted to learn how to do what she was doing she was creating close she was close to creating six-figure months at the time that I joined her mastermind and then all this you know black life black lives matter posts in the black squares started coming out and conversations and I remember someone asking her in our group like what should, what should I do? It feels wrong to just post about business right now and go business as usual. Um, like, but I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't know if it's like relevant. I don't know what to do. And she said, and I kid you not, she said, you don't have to post about that if you don't want to, because like for me, it's not one of my business values. I'm not here to be like a social change business. So it's, she was basically like, it's not relevant. I don't need to. It's not one of my values. It doesn't have anything to do with my brand. I don't need to speak to that. And that is just such privilege talking, right? That is such ignorance. That is such arrogance. Like, of course you don't have to. That's why that's your privilege, right? Like for black people, there's not a day that they can go without having to think about or talk about the fact that their lives matter and hold value and for you to just be like well tralala I'm over it I'm it's interrupting my business I don't have to look at that because I'm not a social change business it has nothing to do with me that is the exact privilege and comfort and ignorance and ignoring of our pain that is upholding it and allowing these things to continue it's that silence, that white silence that's violence, right? So if you couldn't even be bothered to do the black freaking square, which that those squares had like problems of their own too. 
there's a whole thing with the hashtags where people were using the hashtag um, that was supposed to be getting important information out there, but celebrities jumped on the trend and then everyone jumped on the trend and I'm, I did too, I think. Um, but it actually like, it messed things up for people who are trying to find important information they needed. Uh, and, but anyway, a lot of people posted the black square and then that was it. So that's, you know, that's also not a good indication that we can't just talk about it for one day and then move on. And so I know it's like how you're probably thinking, but how do I find the balance though? Cause like I do, I do want to just show up and talk about my zone of genius. I want to talk about my products. I want to talk about my offering. Well, what I'm saying is you can weave all of this together. You can integrate it. You don't because you're doing decolonization work and you want to learn how to support the global majority and um, you want to do this work. It doesn't mean that your niche changes. It doesn't mean that you become an anti-racist educator and all your posts have to look like my posts where you're talking about inequities and decolonizing and cultural appropriation. No, no one's asking you to be the expert but you can weave it into what you're already doing and you can come down just a little bit from your privileged bubble and speak to things in a way that are genuine, that are heartfelt. Maybe they don't always have to tie back to your business, but again, even like I said earlier, just when you're telling a success story, are you acknowledging the privilege where there's privilege in your story? Um, And yeah, other things that we can we can get into inside the Decolonized Coach course and right now as we continue on with this list. But I need to look, I need to know what do you stand for? What are your values? Are they clear? Are you talking about issues that matter? Are you um, showing your unlearning journey? Is it anywhere? Is there a statement anywhere on your website or your Instagram? Is it clear on your post? Or would I have to read through all of your long captions to maybe see one little tiny thing about something, (laughs) about acknowledging like intersectionality or oppressive influences. If it's really hard for me to see, I'm probably not gonna see it. So don't be afraid to share your values and there's a whole other episode on that, right? The one about cancel cultures goes deep on that. Okay, next, I'm looking at who are your clients? Who are your testimonies? Because testimonials where it's like, oh, I doubled my investment in the first week. I made 10K month right away. Oh my gosh, I just crossed my first six figures. Those used to inspire me and suck me in (laughs) for the last three plus years, but they do not inspire me anymore if they are all white women. If all your testimonies are white women and all your clients are white women, I'm probably not gonna be inspired and I'm probably not gonna work with you. And I know you're thinking, Emily, I can't help it. Like I only have so far clients who are white and testimonies from white women, but that's hopefully what you're, if you're listening to this and you're wanting to do like the decolonized coach course or take my round table, these are things you're working to improve, right? So eventually over time, you'll hopefully have more diverse clients and more testimonies from global majority people that you're able to support and hold space for their growth because it is a different journey. There is more layers of healing that have to be done. Um, And again, I don't wanna disempower anyone by saying this, but it is true. We don't start out at the same level. So leaping and having all these huge wins, it takes more and I wanna know, can the coaches support that? Is there things in place in your programs? Is there guest speakers? Is there 
little mini like spin-off courses that are just there to support global majority clients or if it's in a one-on-one setting are you up for those tough conversations around race and privilege and oppression and being marginalized and having ancestral trauma are you able to hold space for that which i can't really tell by looking just at your feet of course i wouldn't really know that till i got in your program but if i saw that you had a lot of clients of global majority and they seem to be having great success that would be a very positive sign for me but most of you are not there yet if we're if we're truthful right most of you are not there yet and you're working to start to um first you need to do your work how to make sure hold safe space for those clients make sure they're gonna be safe once they come in and then we could talk about like how to you know how to bring them in which is also what we're talking about today in this episode but yeah that's another thing i look at is who is your clients who are your collaborators who are your teachers are you just constantly collaborating with other white women and hosting summits with other white women and hosting retreats with other white women and learning from other white women and paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars other white women therefore upholding the white supremacy that is plaguing this industry or are you going out of your way to learn from black brown indigenous mentors healers coaches collaborators all the things right are you having those people on your podcast are you uplifting those voices or are you just feeding into that cycle of again the white supremacy where oh yeah where are you putting your money back into already talked about that um aka like who are you hiring who are your employees who are your assistant coaches who are your vas right who are your photographers who are your branding experts again you might not have even thought about that but you might be like oh snap they are all white women um or they are mostly white women um that's something to look at that's something i look for and what learning are you doing are you investing in decolonization or anti-racism work share your journey with us right go back to my post on sharing your values and i think it's uh not my post sorry my podcast episode it's the one before this the bonus episode on cancel culture and virtue signaling and sharing your values so go listen to that one because sharing your values sharing your learning journey with us is really really helpful for us to see um Are you encouraging your peers to also do this work with you? Are you being a voice? Are you being an advocate for us and for this work? Are you open or are you defensive when it comes to somebody pointing out your blind spots? Those are sort of things that are harder to see from like an Instagram profile or um, something like that. But for example, I have seen people respond really well when they get called out and genuinely learn and genuinely implement the lesson and do better. Um, so those are, you know, those are things that are positive in my book. If you're very open and receptive to learning and being called out or called in, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then, yeah, do you have like forms in place for your programs, intake forms, feedback forms, things where you're looking for, you know, you're asking your clients how you can best hold space for them. These are things I won't really see from the outside looking in, but now I'm just kind of getting into the nitty gritty that I really go thoroughly through with you if you're a one-on-one client um, and that we will go through step-by-step inside the Decolonized Coach course. Because as you can see, there's so much here. There are so many things you can do. There's so much work to be done and I don't want you to get overwhelmed and just not do it. So that's why I created the Decolonized Coach course because it's it's for the person who 
doesn't have the finances right now to hire me one-on-one for six months um, and be given everything step by step like a checklist month by month here's what to do let's start with this let's read this book let's listen to this podcast let's create this feedback form let's create this intake form let's adjust this sales page let's work on your marketing let's look at your instagram right like those are the the nitty-gritty that we go through if you're a one-on-one client but those packages are geared towards six and seven figure entrepreneurs who can easily make the you know the higher investment that it is to do such high level emotionally heavy you know intensive work um where i make i make it easy for you but i'm saying it's a lot of work for me (laughs) and a lot of emotional labor but i wanted an in-between because i had my round table and then i had this high-end six-month package so now we're going to have the course the decolonized coach course and so this is for entrepreneurs at all different levels um who want to be want to do all want to implement all of this so you can start to make your business more diverse you can tap into the global majority which again is like more than 80 percent of us are black brown indigenous people of color we are the global majority you want to tap into that you see the investment that that is right learning how to host so many more clients and also just doing so it's good business sense but it's also just doing the right thing and doing a good thing for the world for our future um for creating an actual equitable world, starting with this world of personal development and coaching. And so I'm very, very excited about the course. It's gonna be so thorough, so step-by-step. And you get to learn in a community of people who are doing this work too, because it can feel, it can feel scary, it can feel intimidating, it can feel triggering at times. And that's why we're gonna be there to hold you, Um, myself, my amazing guest speakers that we have coming in and of course your peers that you're going to be learning with. So make sure you do not miss out on the Decolonized Coach course. It's coming this April 2023. So, so exciting. I will put the wait list in the show notes, but it's emilyannbrandt.com slash decolonized coach. You can get on the wait list and get a special coupon for being on the wait list and some special perks. So hope you'll do that, but I hope you found this episode super insightful, helpful, and if you feel overwhelmed, don't worry. That's why I'm here. Take one step at a time, breathe, take it in, and share this episode if you got any value. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon. Thank you again so, so much for listening. If you would like to thank me in return, if you got any value, insights, new perspectives, or you just appreciated this episode or enjoyed this episode, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share with others. Spread the love, spread the magic, take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram or TikTok stories, and tag me at Emily Ann Brandt so I can personally thank you for tuning in and stay connected. This is truly a community that we are building here, and I love staying in connection with you. I look forward to talking to you again soon, and I'm sending you so much love and gratitude.